We are. We are. We are cultivate. 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 We are cultivate. The Oracle Network. Welcome to Yule Crime, where we discuss the funny, strange, and obscure crimes of yesteryear. I'm your host, Lindsay Valenti, and with me is my sister and co-host, Maddie Stengel. Hello. Good morning. How's it going? I am uh, tired. Same. (laughs) I maybe got like five hours of sleep last night. Yeah. I woke up at five because my blood sugars were skirting at like just being low. Mm-hmm. And then I couldn't go back to sleep. It was infuriating. <laughs> yeah, I bet. I'm, I'm currently drinking an Americano I made at home that has seven shots of espresso. So we'll see how things go. <laughs> nice. I've been basically living on espresso shots all week, so. Yeah. Sounds about right. It's my jam. Mm-hmm. So, we are now in March. Yep. And in honor of our good friend Mark. (gasps) Wicked Mark. We are going to continue the tradition of Wicked Mark madness and share witchy stories in the entirety of the month of March. Nice. So, this is for you, Mark. (laughs) To kick it off, today we will be learning about... Or I'll be sharing the story of whatever. The Great Scottish Witch Hunt of 1597. Scottish Witch Hunt. Okay. Just a popular trend, you know? Yeah. Yeah, There's a reason it has a a year attached to it. But we're going to do it. Uh Uh-oh. Okay. Information was pulled from the following sources. A 2020 Glasgow Evening Times article by Hamish McPherson. 2019 BBC Scotland news article by Louise Yalman. Is that how you say it? Y-E-O-M-A-N? I don't think so. Yalman? Yalman. If I mispronounce it, I apologize. 2019 Scottish legal news article by Lauren Brown. 2019 The Scotsman article by Alison Campsey. 2017 The Culture Trip article by Alexander Crow. A 2003 survey of Scottish witchcraft website, which was amazing, by Julian Goodair, Lauren Martin, Joyce Miller, and Louise Yalman. 2002, the Scottish Historical Review article by Julian Goodair, and two Wikipedia links. Nice. So if you couldn't tell, I like dove deep for this one. Yeah, good research. And links to all these articles will be included in the show notes. So that 2003 survey... I'm probably going to be using that again in the future when I cover more about this, which I'll go into. It's a fascinating website. So if you want to learn more about the witch trials that took place in Scotland, I highly recommend checking out that link in our show notes. They did an amazing job. You could tell it was a labor of love and it's definitely worth looking into. That's great. Yeah. So let's get into it. I should mention that the Scottish witch hunt of 1597 wasn't the only witch hunt that took place in Scotland. You may have gathered that. Yeah. Normally it's not just like one whim day. <laughs> it's like, yeah. you know what, let's just murder some witches today. Yep. <laughs> it's out of our system. <laughs> yep. Good job, let's get everybody. It out. In fact, it was the second of five na- nationwide witch hunts that would take place over the entirety of Scotland. The others took place in 1590 to 91, 1628 to 31, 1649 to 50, and 1661 to 62. Gross. Yeah. Part of the reason I wanted to cover this case is because of the five, it is the one that is the least documented. Okay. Between March and October of 1597, witchcraft hysteria had taken hold of the country. Within the span of just eight months, 
400 people would be tried and an estimated 200 of them were executed. Half. Mm -hmm. So half were were guilty. According to them, yep. I mean, honestly, those are probably the best odds out of the witch (laughs) trials that I've heard about, though. Which is horrifying, but you have a 50-50 chance of surviving being accused of a witch. That's not bad during that time. Yeah. So good on you, (laughs) Scotland. Here is a horrifying and sobering fact that I came across and needed to share. Normally I would say a fun fact, but this Uh, isn't fun at all. Between the 15th mm. and early 18th century in Scotland alone... As many as 4,000 people were put to death for being a witch. Many of them were burnt at the stake, as it was believed that someone who was immolated would not be able to rise from the dead on Judgment Day. So they they chose that method because they were like, don't worry, if they're Christians, they'll go to heaven. But they won't be able to come back when God or Jesus comes back. So you can't join the party. No. It's a bummer. It was like an extra fuck you to people, basically. Gross. And obviously I plan to cover the other trials at some point on this show, so I won't go into them too much. But following the North Berwick witch trials in 1590 to 91, which was the first one, Mm -hmm. King James VI published an anti-witchcraft book called Daemonology in 1596. And it was following this that the floodgates surrounding witchcraft and witch hunts seemed to open. Okay, great. So somebody wrote a book and everybody was like, this book is is all truth. (laughs) Yep. Great. Cool, cool, cool. The book, written by King James VI of Scotland himself, who would Mm -hmm. later go on to be King James I of England, covers the use of divination via black magic as well as necromancy, demonology, and how demons interacted with and tormented men. The Mm. book also included topics such as vampires and werewolves. Interesting. Fun fact. Demonology was published and sold several years before the King James Bible, which wouldn't be published until 1611, 15 years later. So they cared more about demons than... You know, the big guy. That's how I took it. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Focusing on the evil first. Okay. I mean, sure. Like, all this is terrible instead of how to be a good person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> how to not be terrible. Yep, yep. Didn't work, but... <laughs> King James VI drew heavily from his involvement with the North Berwick Witch Trials and even included a narrated news pamphlet from the trials as the final chapter. You know, as like a homage, I guess. Cute. The book applauds the use of witch hunting in Christian society, and it starts as follows. Quote, The fearful abundage in this time in this country of these detestable slaves of the devil, the witches or enchanters, hath moved me, beloved reader, to dispatch and post this following treatise of mine, to resolve the doubting, both that such assaults of Satan are most certainly practiced, and that the instrument thereof merits most severely to be punished, end quote. So he's, pr- he's proud of the torture and trials and general awfulness, because they deserved it, being yep. a follower of the devil. Yep. Hmm. See, at this time just as was so often the case throughout Europe in the Middle Ages, the king and the church, specifically the Catholic church, as he had been raised as a strict Presbyterian, weren't getting along very well. Yeah, that happened a lot then. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) surprise. Couple this with plagues and famine, and you have an atmosphere that is just ideal for finding someone to blame for everyone's misfortunes. Yep. Even, like, our small pandemic has given rise to a lot of different things and different people being blamed for various things. I can see how it would, how it would balloon 
like our snowball. It's probably a better thing. Snowball yeah. into something bigger. And as we have seen so often in the past, those who took part in the trials and even helped facilitate them by either acting as accuser or witness truly believed that they would earn God's favor by pointing the finger of blame on others. Mm-hmm. Not only that, but innocent people were being falsely accused by a quote-unquote witch finder who herself was a known witch, Margaret Aiken, the great witch of Balweary. What? Yeah. Accused of witchcraft in Fife in April 1597, she claimed to be able to identify other witches by looking in their eyes for a special devil's mark. She stated that there were thousands of people at witches' gatherings all around Scotland, and as a result, authorities, including King James VI himself, saw her as a valuable tool in their war against Satan. So she was just a real good snitch. Yep. And charlatan. As a result of her actions, several people in Glasgow found themselves strangled or burnt at the stake based on her testimony. Strangled. Yeah, that's going to come up a lot. Okay. Throughout the rest of this episode, I'll not only be talking about the trials as a whole, but also talk briefly about the men and women who found themselves the victims of persecution and torture during the trials. Because, mm. and this goes back to that survey website, I pulled heavily from that website, and I really wanted to make sure, based off the documentation that they were able to pull together, that mm-hmm. we kind of honored these people. Because, right. you know, this is just a handful of the people that were tried and persecuted and potentially executed. Let's just dive in. Sure. This isn't all doom and gloom because things do get better at the end. So keep that in mind. Okay. The first woman to be accused of witchcraft was Janet Wishart, who was arrested on February 2nd, 1597. Janet was accused of causing illness and deaths with the use of spells having a dog familiar, causing the delayed birth of a child that was later stillborn, attempting to poison a child she was to wet nurse or breastfeed, mm-hmm. and for spoiling an entire brew of ale. <laughs> it's the last one the most egregious out of all of them. Yeah, she just put in <laughs> horrible hops. And she ruined the beer. She ruined the beer. Murder. It's said that her attacks were the result of a failed business venture with another family. Pointing the finger of blame. Yep. She was held in the Tollbooth prison in Aberdeen, found guilty on February 17th at her trial, and later put to death and burnt at the stake. Isabel Cocky was put on trial on February 19th, 1597, after being accused of committing a litany of offenses, including taking part at witch meetings causing a neighbor's milk to fail to churn. So cow's milk, obviously. Yeah. Cast an illness on a neighbor after he and her husband had a falling out, giving a man a drink that was a mix of herbs, butter, and saffron with a knotted green thread, spoiling a man's crops, casting spells on others, and dancing. Oh, no. Because the dancing was at witch meetings. Uh, yeah she was found guilty and burnt at the stake later that same day this is a very aggressive precursor to footloose yeah no kevin bacon saving the people in this village no he in can't Glasgow. save him it's too late or too early i suppose <laughs> in this instance thomas Leis was arrested on february 19th 1596 so the year before but not tried until February 23rd, 1597, at Tolbooth Prison in Aberdeen. He was accused of holding witches' meetings, consorting with familiars that took the forms of a magpie, jackdaw, and a small man with a staff. He was also accused of making a spell to bewitch others, knew that he would be having a daughter before his lover, Elspeth Reed, even knew she was pregnant. Okay, that's a stretch helped his mother bewitch property belonging to a neighbor, and cursed a man named Andrew Clark who took his mother to court. 
He was found guilty and burnt at the stake later that day. Damn. He waited a whole year, and then he was tried and killed the same day. Yep. Great. Margaret Clairucht was arrested on March 4th, 1596, so again the year before, mm-hmm. held at Tollbooth Prison in Aberdeen, and wasn't officially put on trial until April 15th, 1597, so over a year later. She stood accused of threatening a man that his children would not live because he refused to marry her, and the children later died. She was also accused of taking revenge on her previous employer after he refused to give her back some of her belongings when she left his home. So I'm assuming she was a housekeeper of some sort. Yeah. She was also accused of consorting with another known witch named Margaret Bain, The charges could not be proven, and she was later cleared of all charges. So that's good. good. That is good. Isabel Barron was arrested and held at Tolbooth Prison in Aberdeen, where her trial began on March 9th, 1597. She was said to be argumentative and quarrelsome with her neighbors, having a demonic pact with the devil, Mm. and dancing at the fish and meal cross and in James Thompson's yard. She was supposedly seen at the Nether Milne Burn on Rude, which is the celebration of the invention of the Holy Cross, and often celebrated on May 3rd or September 14th. So a burn is like a river or a stream. Okay. Like B-E-R-N, right? B-U-R-N. So I was confused by that, but thankfully this website had like a, a glossary of terms. Nice. So anytime you hear me mention a burn... It's a river or a stream. Okay. Like a small river. How dare she dance? Apparently, she had gathered some stones, threw some in front of her and over her shoulder, and after taking some sips from a dish, she then spat it into the burn, which is a small river, after Mm -hmm. which the water stopped flowing to the nearby mill, and the mill stopped working entirely. After being accused of witchcraft by another victim named... Kristen Mitchell, she continued to deny the charges against her, but was ultimately found guilty and executed later that same day. Wow, they really have a quick turnaround after you're guilty. Yeah, they don't wait very long. Ugh. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Yeah. Bessie Tom was put on trial on March 3rd, 1597 in Tollbooth Prison in Aberdeen after she'd been on the run for some time. She was accused of attending witch meetings where Thomas Laius led them in dancing, accused of murdering her husband with poison, helping another woman murder her husband with poison, and offering to help a third woman kill her husband. Hmm. Although she denied all charges, she was found guilty and put to death the same day. Yeah. Oh, well, honestly, I can kind of see that happening more often than not, the poisoning, if They were in less than ideal situations, abusive homes. Yeah. But thou shalt not kill. I get it. But like, what are you guys doing? (laughs) Throwing some major stones. But you also have to remember that King James VI was really fond of the quote in the Bible, thou shalt not suffer a witch to live. So that was their justification. That was in the Bible? That was in the Bible. So he used that as his justification that it was okay to kill these men and women because... Mm. Because the Bible said so. Yep. Because the Bible tells me so. (laughs) Dark. (laughs) Yeah. Kristen Mitchell was tried on March 9th, 1597 in Aberdeen. She stated that Margaret Eines invited her to join a witches' meeting after promising that she would want for nothing if she joined. Kristen agreed to attend, but refused to stay. She claimed that the devil hit her, causing her to fall on her face. Embarrassing. And after this, she was bedridden for 80 days. That's quite the bitch slap. Damn. Yeah. She claimed that she danced with her witches, with other witches, and the devil at a witches' meeting led by Thomas Laius, having arrived at the meeting place after riding on trees. Interesting. How do you ride on a tree? Is that like the precursor to the broom? I 
that's how I took it. Yeah. There she was inducted into the devil's service by Margaret Eines, after which she received her devil's mark on the back of her right hand. Ah, so it's not in her eyeball. No. Nope. Interesting. She was accused of causing the death of her son and daughter-in-law after giving them poisoned drinks. She was found guilty and executed that same day. Oof. Elspeth Leis, along with her sisters Janet, Violet, and her father John, were all arrested on February 2nd, 1597, and tried on March 22nd at Tolbooth Prison in Aberdeen. They were accused of performing witchcraft and sorcery, as well as association with their mother, Janet Wishart, and brother, Thomas Leis, who were known practitioners, but were only found half guilty. What? How do you, how can you be half guilty? Because they were only found guilty of associating with Janet and Thomas, obviously okay. because they're, it's their mom and wife and their brother and son. Okay. So instead of being executed, they were banished and they left the area. Unfortunately for Elspeth, though, she was found guilty and put to death. Oh. So everyone else was basically told to get out of Dodge. Yeah. Isabel Forbes was arrested on March 4th, 1596, so the year before, and later moved to Tolbooth Prison in Aberdeen for her trial on March 25th, 1597. She was accused of bewitching a man with a spindle, but there was not enough evidence to find her guilty, so she was later released. Which is like, <laughs> great, you've only kept me here for a year. All right. Now I don't know how to be a person. <laughs> that would yeah. be really hard to acclimate back. Yeah. Margaret Bain was arrested after being implicated by another witch, her own sister. Great. Her trial started on March 25th, 1597. While she was tried, she confessed that her sister had taught her everything she knew about witchcraft. So basically getting back at her. Mm -hmm. And she had also inducted her into Satan's service. She was able to call forth demonic animals, including a gray stag, a bird, and a horse. While walking one day with her sister, she claimed to have had a vision of a headless man, which was an ill omen for someone's death. Oh. Ew. She was accused of murder as well, after she took fire peat from a man's house to her own home, and his child later died. What's that? It's, peat is kind of like that. It's like really condensed coal from like bogs. Okay. So basically just fuel for her fire. Mm. Other instances of unexplained death surrounding her included the fact that she didn't exchange any sort of greeting with a man that would later go on to die. And she also touched a boy on both of his cheeks, after which he died. So she is too cold and also too invasive at the same time. Yes. Too much and too little. She was also a practitioner of folk healing and midwifery, so it makes sense ah. that she would have been able to predict the birth of a child. Yeah. Yeah, as that's so often the case, and it'll come back up later. Margaret was accused of cursing, quarreling, and was accused by a woman named Isabel Ritchie of performing acts of malfeasance to cause harm to others such as when she was called in to assist with labor pains and supposedly transferred them to other people. Oh, man. Yeah. I wish that was possible now. Okay. Like, transfer your... Share the wealth. Contractions to somebody else. <laughs> when she was asked to help a man's calf who refused to suckle, the man's wife later became ill. Okay. She is also said to have cursed a man who stated that she would burn. He later drowned. Good. She is also accused of cursing a man who had argued with her and hit her son, Duncan Garden. Uh, I would have been a witch so many times over by now. Yeah. Margaret was held at Tolbooth Prison in Aberdeen, where she was also tried. She was later found guilty and executed, but I, they didn't list her actual date of execution. Tolbooth Prison is worse than Towers of London. Yeah, a lot of these... Once, once you're there, it kind of seems like a fast track to being guilty and put to death. Yeah. Tolbooth Prison in Aberdeen was the location of a lot of these. Mm -hmm. But 
later on that we're going to get to some that did take place in Edinburgh. Okay. There weren't many. Janet Lucas was tried on April 4th, 1597 at Tolbooth in Aberdeen after being accused by Margaret Bain of using healing charms, causing walls to shake, making the devil appear while a man dreamt, attending meetings at the foot of Craylick Hill, in which she not only kissed the devil's ass, but also had sex with him when he took the form of a four-legged beast. Interesting accusations. Mm-hmm. How dare you heal someone? Yeah. She was also accused of using colored threads to diagnose and cure illnesses, using thread to bewitch others, sending four-legged beasts to the home of a woman and her husband, where they demanded they return property that did not belong to them. So the beasts were like, you need to return this stuff. That's actually kind of funny. Yeah. Like if a goat came to my house and said, like, this house isn't yours, I that would be hilarious. You need to return that wheelbarrow that you yeah. borrowed. It's not yours. That, that tree that you rode in on <laughs> needs to go back to the forest. Sorry. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> Replant it. Janet was found half guilty for the use of thread and charms, but instead of being put to death, she was banished from Aberdeen, and if she was found within 12 miles of its borders, she would be executed as a witch. Okay, bye. So, not bad. No. Christian Reed was arrested and put on trial on April 15th at Tollbooth Prison in Aberdeen. She was accused of being under Satan's thrall. Christian confessed to offering to remove a curse upon a mill by taking sand from the north door and throwing it over the wheels and stones in the name of God, after which the mill started to work again. She also confessed to meeting with Caff Gerard, who I will talk about next, who she conspired with to bewitch the mill in the first place so they could receive a reward for removing the curse. Ooh, that's a bummer. She was found guilty and later that day strangled and burnt at the stake. Oh. Yeah, you'll find the strangulation and then burning to be a common theme in some of these. So they just wanted them to suffer a little more? I don't know if it was because, I don't know why they did that. Hmm. Catherine Gerard was tried on April 15th after being implicated by another witch. She was accused of casting an illness over the local miller murdering her husband for wronging her, as well as sending poisonous loaves of bread to two women who later died. She also was accused of needing the assistance of another witch named Christian Reed, who I just mentioned, in order to remove an enchantment she'd placed on the mill itself. After implicating other witches, Janet DeGettys, Christian Miller, Elspeth Moynes, Helly Penny, and Margaret Smith, she was found guilty and later strangled and burnt at the stake. Marion Wad was put to death on April 15, 1597, along with three others. But as no charges were brought against her, she was found innocent and let go. So she was just captured and they were like, oh, I guess you're not accused of anything. Bye. Yeah. So I don't know if she was like just hanging out with a bunch of other people that were accused of being witches and they brought mm-hmm. her in. Like maybe in the hopes that the other women were going to like accuse her of stuff but nothing came of it okay marion grant was another woman who was tried on april 15th at tollbooth prison in aberdeen she was accused of consorting with a devil named kristen day that taught her healing spells as well as another devil named our lady her devil's mark was noted as being on her wrist and she was given the name dame by kristen day as she was his servant it was noted that they apparently had some sort of sexual relationship but I couldn't find out what that was. Not that it really matters. She apparently would meet him in various fields as well as in her home. She was able to heal cattle and people with south running water, charm a sword so the owner would be protected from harm, and consorted with familiars that included a black stag, a woman dressed in a white wily coat, which is like a man's flannel nightshirt, okay. a black man, and a man in silk clothing who held a white candle in his hand. Although her magic seemed to be white in nature, as in the fact that it was helpful and not harmful magic, Marion was still found guilty of witchcraft and was strangled and then burnt on Gallow Hill. That sucks. Yeah. (laughs) Because she wasn't hurting anybody. I just want to help people, but just kidding. That's... 
wrong too. I'm sure if it was just the healing magic, it would probably be like half guilty and banished. But because of like the sex with some sort of demon thing and the familiars, I'm sure that kind of was like, well, this is bad. Stupid. Although she was arrested on February 2nd, 1597, Helen Fraser's trial didn't start until April 21st, 1597. Damn. After being accused by another witch, she was charged with instructing another woman to touch her head and foot to form a pact, lied about being a professional healer in an effort to provide for herself and her children, was paid in kind with salmon after ensuring a good catch, used magic to prevent the death of chickens and cured people, although she was also charged with making men change their interests from one woman to another, as well as cause madness. Hmm. So she was good, but not good enough. Yeah. Still did some shady boots business. Yep. She confessed her guilt after naming other witches, including Mail Finney, Christine Henderson, Janet Ingram, Mally Skeen, and Cooper Vetzone. She was later strangled and burnt at the stake on April 25th. I don't understand taking people down with you. I really don't. Yeah. I don't know if they were the ones that accused her. And so she was yeah. like, well, if you're going to point the finger and blame at me, I'm going to just throw it right back in your face. Yeah. Which still sucks. But mm -hmm. Janet Davidson was arrested and tried along with five others on April 24th, 1597. She was tried alongside Janet Lucas, Margaret Ogg, Isabel Ritchie, Beatrix Robbie, and Helen Rogie. Janet was implicated by another witch, accused of consorting with an invisible demon, attended witches' meetings atop the hill of Crog Lake, would use nail trimmings in colored cloth to cast spells, wrote a curse that caused a neighbor to later fall ill and died after they picked it up, and caused the illness of a child. She denied all the charges stating it was pure slander by a disagreeable neighbor. Nice. She was found guilty, but instead of being burnt at the stake, she was banished from Aberdeen. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Margaret Ogg, who was also tried on April 24th, was accused of attending witch meetings with her devil master, where she danced around a gray stone with her daughters, going to the burn of Boglock, where she took water and threw it over her shoulder, as well as collecting dew off the grass with a blanket, cutting her ribbon into nine pieces and burying them under a door of a neighbor's barn to cause the death of the animals inside, oh. passing a knife three times over a cow while it was being bred to ensure that it took. So she was basically hanging out while this cow and a bull were going at it to make sure that the cow conceived. Interesting. Like by threatening it with a knife. Get pregnant. <laughs> I don't know what the knife was supposed to do, but... That's kind of ballsy. Scare the sperm into submission. I mean... Better get in those eggs. I would not want to be hanging out with big animals like that while they're doing During that. During that time? Yeah. That just Especially seems... Especially a bull. Yeah, that seems very dangerous. So maybe the Ooh. knife was also as a way of defending herself just in case things went south. I don't know. Weird. Causing illness following an argument about debt, poisoning some mutton, and blowing in a woman's face after which she fell ill. I like that one. You blew my face and then I got the plague. <laughs> Shannon, yeah. how dare you? She was found guilty, strangled, and then burnt at the stake on Gallow Hill. You know what I'm kind of wondering about the strangulation? Hmm. I wonder if it's easier to kill them and saves firewood. Maybe. Because if they're unconscious and they do the smoke inhalation, they die faster. That's true. I wonder if that's why. And especially if they're... If there's, like, a bunch of them in a day. Mm-hmm. That would make sense. For, every, like, every week. <laughs> yeah, every month. Because that'd be much. a lot of firewood. Mm-hmm. I would. That makes sense. Gross. Isabel Ritchie was tried on April 24th, 1597 in Aberdeen, so that same day. She was accused of attending witch meetings and receiving honors from the devil, as well as distributing <laughs> weighed pillows that would cause a person who slept on them to die. Ooh as well as wearing a belt that was given to her by the devil that caused the death of several people. <laughs> it's so gross. I died on sight. <laughs> it was so tacky. All I could think of was like the nipple belt that Gein made. And I was like... Ugh. Like a Medusa. It's yeah. just got snakes on it and they go... Kss. 
<laughs> yep. You die. Using a stick covered in red thread to remove a bewitchment that had been placed on a woman by another witch, predicting that a woman would only give birth to boys, and although she had six, none of them lived. Hmm. And giving a pot filled with devilish confections to a woman who later died. She was found guilty, strangled, and then burnt at the stake on Gallo Hill. Mm. Helen Raji was tried on April 24th, 1597 at Tollbooth in Aberdeen due to her association with her mother, Margaret Bain. She was accused of causing her daughter-in-law's illness after giving her milk that she had received from her mother. She was seen conducting a ritual to measure land and building a cairn of stones, after which the person who saw her performing the ritual fell ill and died possessing a soft effigy of a man made of wax or clay and causing oxen and a horse of a male neighbor to go wild and die. So you're not allowed to be a, you can't be a crap artist. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I, I thought he was handsome. So I, so I put him in, carved him in clay and they're like, that sucks. Yeah. We're going to strangle and burn you alive. <laughs> she fled for three days following her mother's trial in March and was ultimately found guilty before she was strangled and burnt at the stake on Gallow Hill. Isabel Oig was put on trial on April 24th, 1597 at Tollbooth in Aberdeen after she was labeled a witch by Margaret Bain. She was accused mm -hmm. of having a beast as a familiar, meeting fellow witches at meetings, kissing the devil's ass, causing storms by hanging a beetle from a thread and whispering words to it, using special green thread to bewitch a cloth she sold at market, bewitching the cloths of two other women to ensure that they would sell at market, and causing the wind to blow as loud or as quiet as she wished. Dang. She was found guilty, and although the jury did not feel that her crimes warranted she be put to death, the judge thought otherwise, and she was strangled and burnt at the stake that same day on Gallow Hill. He just really doesn't like wind. He doesn't like windy days. He doesn't. He hates beetles. That was, that was the straw. Yeah. The last straw. Beatrix Robbie was tried on April 24th, 1597 at Tollbooth in Aberdeen and accused of attending witch meetings with her mother, causing the death of a woman named Lady Achenhuif after serving her mutton that had been poisoned by her and her mother, Margaret Ogg, and taking part in the ritual that ensured the fertility of the cow that was being bred by a bull. So the one that had the knife mm -hmm. wiped over it. She was found guilty of being suspicious due to her association with her mother. <laughs> But she was banished instead of being executed. We don't know about you. Run away. <laughs> You're kind of shady boots. Get out. Get out of town. We don't like your kind. Agnes Wobster fled from her own home after hearing about the witch trials, but was ultimately arrested and tried on April 24th, 1597 at Tollbooth Prison in Aberdeen. She was accused of using a lamb and a calf as familiars, attempting to poison a woman, sending a shade of herself to torment a woman before it proceeded to vomit and spit fire from its mouth. The woman? The shade. Like, oh, so ew. the copy of herself. <laughs> making a boy fall ill after he shot at her, which, don't shoot at people. Yeah, don't do that, boy. And spoiling a woman's cow milk after she refused to share it with Agnes. <laughs> She's like, can I have some milk? No. Okay, I'm going to make it. I'm going to put dirt in that milk. <laughs> I'm going to make it bad. She was found guilty and burnt at the stake. Catherine McFerries was arrested on March 4th, 1596, and tried at Tollbooth Prison in Aberdeen on April 25th, 1597. There was no information on what she was accused of, but she was ultimately found guilty, strangled, and burnt that same day. Hmm. Ellen Gray was first arrested and held in Slains in January of 1597, before she was moved to Tollbooth Prison in Aberdeen in April. She stood accused of reducing a man to poverty after they had an argument, of spoiling milk, both of cows and of nursing women, hmm. and of causing a man to have an erection for so long that he later died. Dang. She was said to have both cat and dog familiars, consort with two demonic men at a lock near her home, and also attend witch meetings. She was found guilty and burnt at the stake that same month. Not the same day. Interesting. Yep. Ran out of wood. <laughs> she can make some. <laughs> <laughs> Took you a second. That was good. Thanks. That was good. 
Patrick Herring was tried on October 19th, 1597 in Edinburgh, but let go due to lack of evidence. The case of the Andrew Man, who will be referenced in a later case, is full of lots of paranormal entities. The trial of this man started in, on October 21st, 1597 in Tolbooth Prison in Aberdeen and notes the following. He was said to have received his healing powers from the Queen of Elves herself, with whom he sired several children. He met several ghosts, including James IV and Thomas Reimer, while attending a fairy meeting. He consorted with familiars that took the form of a stag, black beast, and even an angel. His devil's mark was on the third or middle finger on his right hand. He attended witch meetings where elves would be present and play and dance. He supposedly hit animals with a dead bird in order to cure them, <laughs> used black wool and salt to cure disease, put stones in each of the four corners of tracts of land to protect crops, used a piece of yarn on a man to transfer his illness to a cat, was able to summon the queen of elves at will, and stated that iron plows dipped in salmon water would prevent oxen from running away. Weird. Yeah. Although he was found guilty, because the man was never actually physically brought to trial, he was not executed. This man didn't exist. What? And he was still tried guilty, but he couldn't be executed because he wasn't real. This blows oh. my mind, but... Yeah. That's embarrassing. Yeah. Got such a long list of people, you, <laughs> you can't even double check to make sure those people are real. And this was like, I remember this one. There were a lot of people at this trial for a guy that didn't even exist. It's hilarious. Christian Lewinston was put on trial in Edinburgh on November 12th, 1597. She was part of a group of four women who were known folk healers that met, taught, cured, and worked with one another professionally. Her daughter was apparently taken away by fairies. She found lots of bewitched items in the walls of her home and burnt them, was able to know the sex of unborn babies thanks to a gift bestowed upon her by the fairies, could heal named diseases, and was considered a wise woman and healer. She was found guilty, strangled, then burnt at the stake on Castle Hill. How dare you try to make people's lives better by healing them. Yep. Die. <laughs> Christian Sadler, one of the four folk healers, was put on trial in Edinburgh on November 12th, 1597. She was accused of attending witches' meetings, drinking a mixture of wort and butter, bathing in woodbine and rosset het, which are plants, mm -hmm. using the blood of a red rooster and baking a divination cake with it, taking the shirt of a patient she believed was being bewitched by Janet Stewart and dipping it into a well in order to break the spell, claiming to be able to cure leprosy thanks to the teachings of her father, and working with Christian Lewinston. She was found guilty, strangled, then burnt at the stake on Castle Hill. Why would you kill someone who can cure leprosy? I don't know. That sucks. Janet Stewart, another of the four folk healers, was also tried on November 12th in Edinburgh. She was accused of using a shirt dipped in south running water, after which a smith put a red-hot iron in the water with the shirt in order to create a cure for a spell. So Christian wasn't able to remove the curse, which is interesting because she accused Janet of causing the curse, the curse mm -hmm. but then Janet was able to cure it with a spell. Maybe, maybe she could cure it because she caused it. True. And Janet was also accused of using a garland of green woodbine that she cut into nine pieces and cast into a fire to cure someone. She was found guilty, strangled, then burnt at the stake on Castle Hill. Mary Ury Much was put on trial on November 21st, 1597 at Tolbooth Prison in Aberdeen after being accused of using incantations to cause animals to die, turning herself three times backwards around a victim before touching their hair after which they became ill, promising to curse a neighbor after a dispute, harming mm -hmm. equipment and animals, reducing a man to poverty, and having meetings with other witches. She was said to have been searched by William May for marks, for devil's marks, of which she had one behind her left ear and on her neck. Hmm. These accusations were from the Crookshanks. These people are going to come up again later. And Mary was found not guilty and released. Crookshanks. No, I, all I can think of is Harry Potter. 
I know. That's what I thought of, too. It's not spelled the same way, but I was like, oh, yeah, Hermione Granger. Gilbert Fiddler's trial started on November 21st, 1597, but he had been incarcerated much longer prior to this. He had been arrested in 1596 and held at Slane's Castle under the orders of Lord Errol after he was accused of giving Lady Errol a pair of bewitched shoes that caused her to become violently ill. Hmm. He had been imprisoned for a year and a day before he was later accused of causing illness and death. His mother-in-law, Janet Leask, was also accused of witchcraft, and he had been charged with working with her to kill a man. He was labeled as the Andro-Man, and the case against him appears to be caused by a local dispute between himself and a family known as the Crookshanks. Hmm. After being held and tried at Tolbooth Prison in Aberdeen, he was later found not guilty and let go, but under the condition that he and his accusers, the Crookshanks, not interact in the future. Leave each other alone. Yep. We'll strangle you and set you on fire. Yep. Janet Leask, Gilbert's mother-in-law, was tried on November 21st, 1597, and stood accused of attending meetings with other witches, cursing her victims, plucking three goose feathers from her sister's geese, and when she blew them away, the geese suddenly died, taking a mm -hmm. dead rooster and fire from her old home to her new one at Ferd de Fortry, which was supposedly a place used for witchcraft, tying red thread to the tails of her cows, causing one of her son-in-laws to be impotent, and using a wax picture to harm a man who would sweat, break into a fever, and be unable to quench his thirst. Sounds like a diabetic. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <laughs> she gave him diabetes. God, gave him diabetes. She was also arguing with the Crookshanks and ultimately found not guilty. The Crookshanks sound like really great people. Crookshanks are what, 0 for 3 now? Mm-hmm. Neighbors from hell. They should be tried. Yeah. Oh, shit. Bessie Aiken, who was part of the group of folk healers, so she's the last of the four, mm -hmm. was arrested and imprisoned at Tollbooth in Edinburgh. She stood accused of taking part in witches' meetings, consorting with fairies, using red nettles to cure pain in someone's loins, using fresh butter as a salve, using salt water for cures, and apparently roasted four to five kittens and used the drippings to rub a sick person. Gross. Which is really bad. She was said to have learned her craft from a woman named Janet Stewart, who was mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. Her trial was on November 12, 1597, and she was found guilty of witchcraft. Her sentence was banishment instead of execution, as she had petitioned on August 15, 1598, so a year later. Mm -hmm. While incarcerated, she had given birth to a baby and suffered in prison. Aww. That is the last of the victims we're going to mention. While these trials and executions are taking place, as Margaret, the great witch, is condemning mm -hmm. people left and right, some smart individuals out there thought perhaps they should test Margaret to see if she was actually telling the truth when she picked out supposed witches. Mm -hmm. They would take someone who had been accused the previous day, disguise them, and bring them back before the great witch. Really? Each time she failed to recognize them and would either recondemn or exonerate them. That's not good. After this, the ministers and magistrates realized with horror that they had been killing people for no reason whatsoever. Awesome. So they did what all cowardly people do when they don't want to own up to their mistakes. They tried to hide from them. Mm -hmm. That's when a widowed woman named Marion Walker entered the picture. This woman was the 1597 equivalent of Erin Brockovich and did everything in her power to prove that the people in charge had not only fucked up, but to ensure they'd be held responsible for their actions. Nice. She obtained, copied, and leaked documents proving their miscarriage of justice, and she was not going to go down without a fight. Awesome. The heaviest hitter on her list, and her main target, was Glasgow minister John Cowper, who had been the great witch's largest supporter. This man, unfortunately for him, was not very popular. I wonder why. Yeah, no shit. It wasn't hard for Marion to get a confession from the great witch that it was Cowper that had pushed her to do what she did. 
even though the church tried to cover their tracks and keep Cowper's misdeeds quiet, which mm -hmm. surprise, surprise, Marion wasn't having any of it. Marion ensured that the great witch's confession was printed and distributed amongst the people of Glasgow, letting them know that he was to blame for their friends' and loved ones' deaths. Nice. Cowper, understandably pissed off, rallied other ministers to back him up. The church passed an act that anyone caught speaking out against the church's rulings regarding witchcraft would find themselves in the branks, or the scold's bridle, that we had discussed in our episode on ways that women were tortured. So as a refresher, yeah. that's the cage that went over the woman's head that had the bit mm -hmm. that was put on her tongue so she couldn't talk. Yeah. Even though this act was passed, it was never enforced on Marion. They were too afraid of the repercussions they would face by doing so. Nice. And you might be thinking to yourself, why wasn't she arrested and accused of witchcraft herself? Probably because the people of Glasgow wouldn't have let that happen. Nice. There was no way in hell they would let this woman, who had staunchly defended the women and men who had been wrongly accused, become a victim herself. Awesome. Marion would continue to fight for what was right, and when King James VI heard about the false accusations, he had the witch hunt commissions at Falkland Palace shut down. Good. Cowper was allowed to keep his post in the church, but unfortunately for Margaret Aiken, the great witch of Balwary, she was the last to be put to death during the Great Witch Hunt of 1597 for her part in sending innocent people to their deaths. Yeah. And that is the tale of the Great Scottish Witch Hunt of 1597. It's an okay ending, but it's horrifying nonetheless. Mm -hmm. I'm really surprised that, that she's not as well known as she should be for what she did. Yeah. To end all this nonsense. Yeah. That's pretty it's incredible because like how do you stand up no <laughs> she risked a lot yeah she did so good on you marion walker you mm -hmm. did a lot of good and you probably saved a lot of people's lives i bet she did hey there friend my name's sarai and i host a spooky casual podcast called freaky af where i tell you stories of conspiracies true crime and of the supernatural so if that's your kind of shiz come check us out i'm sure we'll be great friends you can listen to us on apple podcasts spotify spreaker and a bunch of other places or you can look us up on Twitter and Instagram, where Freaky AF Pod, that's F R E A K Y A F P O D. Come get spooked, y'all. This week's podcast plug is the Freaky AF podcast from the Darkcast Network. Nice. Each week, Sarai shares paranormal and true crime stories that are spooky, strange, and always freaky AF. <laughs> I highly recommend you check out her show and stay tuned as she will also be on a future episode of Can You Crack the Cramp Word? Nice. And this week's listener question comes from Chris from the Dial a Crime podcast. Hey, Chris. Hi, Chris. And he says, you wake up in the middle of a video game. What video game and what level are you facing? I'm in Stardew Valley because that's my current game right now. And I'm trying to defeat the serpents in the skull cavern because I'm not good at it. And I die every time. You just end up in their like little clinic. <laughs> and then the doctor's like, don't do that again. <laughs> You're like, well, no. <laughs> you just go back to the, the cavern. <laughs> How about you? I wake up in Oregon Trail. Nice. And I'm not able to ford the river. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I took a chance. Didn't pass. I'll never make it. You know, one of my favorite moments in that, in that like, series of games mm -hmm. was getting the sled dog puppies in the Yukon Trail. Yep. I would gladly wake up in that situation and raise a bunch of sled dog puppies. Because they're like, do you want this box of puppies? And I'm like, I would do anything for that box of puppies. <laughs> I would die for that box of puppies. I have to stay, you have to stay here for four years to make enough money. I don't care. That sounds great. <laughs> Give me that box of puppies. Sold. I will hang out in the Yukon for those puppies. I never made a decent enough raft either. 
I always chose the wrong season, but that was also because I was a small child and didn't have any concept of time or weather. That's fair. So my, my, my raft would be ready in the winter with a box full of puppies and I'd just be screwed every time. We can't go anywhere. It's all frozen. So what's something good you'd like to share? My partner and I, we are we got a boxing machine that's coming soon. And I'm really excited because I want to hit things. But like in a productive way. What's so a boxing machine? Well, it's <laughs> it's called Light Boxer. Mm-hmm. So it's you can get like a wall mount or you can get like a standalone one. And essentially you like hook it up to like a song and it will configure a workout and like flashlights where you need to hit based on oh, the cool. pacing of the songs. So it's kind of um, like... Dance Dance Revolution with punching things. Yes. Nice. And I was like, this seems like a great way to get out my general angst and aggravation and frustration over things I can't control in my life. Let's hit stuff. Yep. So that's what I'm that's what But I'm not gonna stuff do. that's going to necessarily hurt anybody. No. I am interested to see how it's going to come because mm-hmm. I looked at the, the details of the order. Mm-hmm. It comes pre-assembled i'm assuming because it's 240 pounds oh damn <laughs> so i'll report back next week on if we can get it into the house. <laughs> yep i just picture you recruiting 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 the muscly armed paper boy to help you carry it inside All right hey there muscly armed oh boy. boy i got some candy in my pocket yeah. <laughs> You're not a creepy old man. My something good is yesterday we had a in-person book club meeting where we invited everybody to go to the local coffee shop. Nice. But there was just two of us. It was just me and Faith. Hi, Faith. She's a, li- she's a listener. Nice. And it was kind of nice because we were able to have a nice conversation and hang out for a couple hours. So it was nice. It was nice to converse with someone that isn't family or one of my work colleagues. That was kind of nice. Yeah. Not that I don't I like conversing that. with my work colleagues no, and my I family. It. I know what and, you mean. And fellow podcasters and stuff. But it was nice to like see someone else and like have a face-to-face conversation with somebody. Absolutely. So yeah. And drink some coffee and have a really good chocolate chip cookie. Nice. I will say, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna name the coffee shop, but my new favorite drink is getting a latte with soy milk and it has honey and lavender in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I used to get honey lavender lattes all the time. It's called a sweet boy at this place and it is so good. It's like the only thing I order from there now. I hope they never nice. get rid of it. <laughs> I'll be so sad if they do. <laughs> Bring it back. All right, shall we? Yep. You can find us online at yieldcrimepodcast.com. We're also on Twitter at yieldcrimepod and on Facebook and Instagram at yieldcrimepodcast. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel where you can find all of our episodes and there's a separate playlist just for the cramp word segments because I know mm-hmm. there are some people that just like to listen to something short and sweet and laugh, which is fair. Yep. If you'd like to send us something in the mail, send us something in the mail. You yeah. can write to us at yieldcrimepodcast.com. P.O. Box 341, Wyoming, Minnesota, 55092. You can also email us at yieldcrimepodcast at gmail.com. Send us your questions, story ideas. Yeah. (laughs) Go ahead and send us stuff. Yep. Do what you want. It's always nice getting emails from listeners. A great way to support the show if you'd like to help us out, help us increase our listenership, spread the word, is to leave a five-star rating and review. You can do so on Apple Podcasts. Pod Chaser, Good Pods, and you can now leave ratings on Spotify. And this week's podcast review comes from Azulamore40 on Apple Podcasts, and they say, LOL, five stars. I really enjoy the dynamic between you two and the fun and funny spin you put to things. I look forward to hearing more. Made me smile all the way to work. LOL, peace sign, heart emoji, Lydia. Aw, thanks, Lydia. Thank you, Lydia. If you would like to support us financially, that's great. That'd be awesome. You can do so on Buy Me a Coffee, do a one-time donation. You can join mm-hmm. our Patreon for as low as a dollar a month to get early ad-free access. You can rep some of our merch. Head on over to mm-hmm. our Redbubble store. We do still have our Tee Public store up and running. 
I don't know if I'm going to take it down just because it's there. We actually got a sale recently, so I'm not going to Oh, funny. just take it down. But I don't think I'm going to be putting new merch up there. I'm going to put new merch on our Red Pubble. Red Pubble. Red <laughs> Bubble. And so I stopped stumbling over my words. On that note, as always, I'm Lindsay. And I'm Madison. And we'll see you next time with another tale as old as crime. <laughs>